A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Before I get to my next guest, Mark Kalkavecchia, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Strixon Cleveland Golf. Your best performance starts with the right golf ball at Strixon. A global leader in golf ball technology and innovation, Strixon offers a wide variety of award-winning golf balls for golfers of every skill level. Whether you're searching for a tour performance golf ball or a distance golf ball with incredible feel, Strixon provides the best golf balls at incredible prices. Strixon offers a wide variety of personalized options while also developing a highly visible colored golf ball as well. Select the right golf ball for your game today and trust it with Strixon. Check them out online at Strixon.com. S-R-I-X-O-N.com. Find the right golf ball for your game today. I also want to remind you about our friends over at Sun Mountain. There's a company nestled in the valley of Missoula, Montana, that embodies the essence of quality, function, and innovation, and that's Sun Mountain, which started building golf bags back in 1981. They are an industry leader in golf bags, travel covers, outerwear, and push carts. With flagship products that you've come to know, like the C-130 cart bag, the 2.5 ultralight stand bag, the club glider travel cover, the speed cart, and Rainflex rain gear. Sun Mountain continues its quest to provide the very best in golf products to every range of golfer. Visit them online at sunmountaingolf.com to look at their amazing products. Okay, now back in making his fourth appearance with me here on Next on the Tee is 1989 Open champion Mark Kalkavecchia. Let me remind you about Mark's background. He's from Laurel, Nebraska. His family moved to West Palm Beach, Florida when he was 13. He won the Florida High School Golf Championship in 1977, played his college golf at the University of Florida from 1978 to 1980, and he was named All-SEC in 1979. That season, Mark won the Furman Invitational. He turned pro in 1981, got his first win on tour at the 1986 Southwest Golf Classic. Mark has one of the lowest scoring rounds to par in PGA Tour history, he finished 28 under, a four-round total of 256 at the 2001 Waste Management Open, which featured a second-round 60. At the 2009 Canadian Open, he set a record by making nine consecutive birdies during his second round. In all, Mark has won 13 times on the PGA Tour, including that 89 Open Championship at Royal Troon in a playoff over Greg Norman and Wayne Grady. He's won four times so far on the Champions Tour. Over the course of his career, he has 193 top 10 finishes and 351 top 25s. He's a great follow on Twitter, at Mark Kalk, and I'm thrilled he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Mark, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm fantastic. Mark, how are you? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, currently. Uh getting ready to play in the uh rapid scan uh tournament here uh which is a great sponsor they uh we have played here for three years so it's, it's nice to be back no doubt and considering where you were a year ago battling covid back surgery 
If I would have told you then that a year from now you're going to be playing in a golf tournament, what would you have said? Well, I was hopeful. <laughs> uh, yeah, a year, year ago today, I wasn't feeling very good. I got to admit, uh, uh, that uh, uh, fusion surgery uh, took a lot out of me. It took way longer than I thought to get over that. Uh, you know, I've had a bunch of knee surgeries and whatnot, and uh, I, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty tough. I can get over those pretty pretty easily. But uh, yeah, this one knocked me for a loop. So uh, it, it's it's nice to be back playing. I'm not a hundred percent. I think those those days have uh, have far left. A hundred percent in the equation. You know, if I feel about seventy five percent, that's good for me. So not where I'm at right now. So I, I feel deep. So how long did it take for you to start to trust the back again, like to kind of really let the swing go? Oh, it took a solid eight months. Uh, I, you know, I started off obviously just chipping and hitting hitting bunker shots, probably in July, which was uh, six months. Uh, six plus months from the surgery, uh, you know, and then I kind of got the wedges, and and once I started hitting out there about a hundred yards, it was still, you know, very iffy uh, and scary. You know, I, I just, you know, my doctor said I I couldn't hurt myself, but just, uh, you, you know, everybody says don't don't rush it, you know, don't come back too quick. Well, with a surgery like that, you can't come back too quick because your body will tell you that you're not ready to hit it yet. So once I started kind of bumping some wedges out there about 100 yards, uh, you know, a week later, I was hitting nine irons, eight irons, seven irons. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it took a solid uh, seven to eight months before I could make a what I felt like a, a semi-full swing. Uh, even Even today, even though I feel pretty good, uh, you know, I've lost another 20 yards off the tee from what I was before surgery, and I lost 20 yards 2015, basically, uh, in one year. If you look at my stats, I went from hitting at 289 to 69, uh, basically, in one year. And uh, now I'm bumping it out there about 250, so... Uh, it's not good, but I'm old, and, you know, that kind of crap happens. <laughs> <laughs> so how many events are you hoping to play this year? I'm going to play probably 20 this year. Uh, I'm going to play a lot through uh, through the British Open. Uh, by the way, this is my last uh, British Open at St. Andrews this year. Um, I'm 61. I'll be 62 in, uh, in June. And... Uh, as a past Open champion, you're you know they they exempt you until you're 60, uh, but of course 2020 got canceled because of COVID, and uh, you know last year I I had the back surgery so I was nowhere near ready to play so I wrote him a big old long sappy letter and uh, the RNA and said uh, you know I threw my kids in the mix I said you know my my kids have never been to St Andrews and it would just be an amazing place I really want to play my last Open. And, you know, St. Andrews would be an amazing place to end my British Open career. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, they, they love to take care of their uh, past champions. So, uh, anyway, so that's going to be my last Open. And then after that, uh, probably really only going to play like one tournament for two months uh, and just uh, take it easy and, and, and play some towards the end of the year. But 
Uh, I'm, I'm slowly winding down, let's say. So after playing at St. Andrews, will you stick around to play the Senior Open Championship while you're there? Oh, 100%. Uh, we played Glen Eagles this year at the Kings course, which I played in a Scottish Open about 30 years ago. Uh, I don't remember it, but I remembered I liked it. I, I think we played one round on the Queens course and one on the Kings course, and then the cut. Uh, and I remember I really, really enjoyed it there. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. And, Mark, when I look back at your 89 Open Championship, you needed to birdie the last hole to force a playoff with Greg Norman. So you had to pull off a great drive. You had to give yourself a good chance on your second shot to get to make birdie. Talk about being able to stand up on that 72nd tee, hit the tee shot you needed, hit the second shot you needed, and then roll in the putt all under the pressure of trying to get into a playoff and a major championship. Yeah, I did. I knew, uh, I knew uh, Greg Norman was in at 13 under, and I was 12 at the time on 18T, and I I hit a really good drive. Not my all-time best, but really good, and I was only about four paces short of uh, of that coffin bunker that uh, Greg ended up hitting into in the playoff. Uh, and then I had a perfect yardage for a nice hard eight iron, and I, I rarely back off a shot, but I got up over it, and, I, and like a wave of nerves hit me because I knew I had to bury it to have any chance because uh, five holes behind me, Wayne Grady, was he was 15 under. So he was, you know, he was still in command of the tournament, which, which he led pretty much the whole week. Uh, but I knew if I had any chance, I had to bury the last hole and, and hit it in there close. And uh, anyway, I backed off of it, regrouped, and just hit a beautiful eight iron in there about three feet left of the hole, and I was super nervous on that putt and somehow made it right in the middle. And then actually Graves ended up bogeying 14 and 17, and uh, next thing I knew I was in a playoff. Yeah, and then from there, right, you come back around to 18. Now all of a sudden you're in control of the golf tournament, but you, now you've got a five iron, 201 yards, you're, you're over in the right rough. You hit it to about seven feet to win the, to win the Open. I mean, you could have three-putted and still win. What's exactly. that like? Exactly. Uh, actually, the reason I hit kind of a crappy drive was back then I, I either hit a one-iron or a driver off the tee. I, I, for whatever reason, I never hit my three-wood off the tee. Uh, but I, I knew that bunker was reachable because, uh, you know, in, in, on the 72nd hole in regulation, you know, I was, like I said, four paces short of it. So, Anyway, I just kind of fanned my drive out to the right because uh, I was all pumped up, and I didn't want to blow in that bunker. And uh, anyway, so then Greg gets up there and just blisters one right down the middle of the slice fade. And uh, then I got uh, his late great caddy, uh, uh, Edwards, uh, what's his first name, uh, who passed away from ALS, unfortunately. Uh, right. Anyway, he, he just, as soon as Greg hit it, he said beauty, and I was standing on the left side of the tee, and uh, I'm kind of standing there looking at it. He already picked up his tee, and him and his caddy were gone. Still standing there on the tee looking at it, and I'm thinking to myself, if this thing kicks a little right, as hard as he hit that, it might catch the corner of that bunker. And it kicked right, bound, 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 was rolling, and I saw it, 
catch the, the very left corner of that bunker. He had no idea. And uh, anyway, uh, Bruce Edwards. Uh, anyway, so I got up there and uh, had 201. I really didn't think five iron was enough, but there's OB over the green, and I was in kind of some wispy grass. So I thought, uh, even with my copper beryllium uh, I2, I had the slight flyer, which I did, but the ball literally never left a spike stick. It was just dead straight, frozen rope right at the hole. And it rolled up there, and it looked like, you know, back at 200 yards, it looked like it was about two feet from the hole. Uh, so that's when Greg jumped in the corner of that little bunker and, uh, you know, tried to hit, hit it as far as he could, which he did, but that was, that was probably his mistake. Uh, and he ended up, uh, in that frost bunker about two yards short of the green or 50 yards short of the green. And, uh, then he hit it in the clubhouse from there, which is OB, and then he just he didn't even finish the hole. And I was one under, and he was one under, great, one over. So, yeah, I knew, uh, actually Wayne hit it there close, but I knew I could uh, uh, pre-putt from seven feet to win the open. Uh, so, uh, and I've never thought of this in my life, I swear to God. Uh, it, it crossed my mind. I said, whatever you do, don't double hit this putt. <laughs> if you watch the replay, I kind of short stroked it. I almost left it short. It just kind of got to the front lip and fell in, but I kind of hit and recoiled. And I was like, oh, that's how nervous I was. Uh, still, you know, you think you ought to be able to pre putt from seven feet and win a tournament, but I was still so nervous. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was amazing. I remember it like it was yesterday. Mark, I had Tom Pertzer on prior to you joining. And he talked about playing alongside of you at Augusta National when you shot 29 on the back nine. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, it, it, that was amazing. And the, the two holes I didn't birdie, 11 and 12, I missed about a 10-footer uh, at 11 and a 6-footer at 12. Uh, you know, had I made those, I probably wouldn't have birdied the last six. But uh, you never know. But uh yeah, uh, most of them are tapping. Uh, I, I made a 20 footer at 10, and then from there on out, I hit the two par fives, 13 and 15 and two. Uh, hit it close at 16, 17, 18. I, I might have made it like a 10 footer at 14, but that was just one of those, uh, you know, one of those stretches where my swing was just really on. I, I think I figured something out on the range uh, that day, that morning, and uh, yeah, it, it, it was it, it was so much fun. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to do that again. <laughs> I, I, I that and some of the scores I shot at Phoenix, and I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> you know, golf is, is the, old, the old thing is when when you're playing great, you never think you're going to play bad again. When you're playing bad, you never think you're going to play good again. And every golfer goes through these stretches. Uh, so yeah, but that was fun. Mark, I want to talk about the 2007 Pods Championship, which you thought you had no chance to win after an opening round 75. You shoot 39 on the back nine. You actually wrote on your scorecard, "I effing suck," and you told your wife Brenda to pack the truck and that you'd be leaving after your round on Friday. Then I read that you went out there and you bought a new putter. 
You came back, you shot 67, 62, 70 to win the golf tournament. And the only thing your wife Brenda regretted was that they erased your comment from the scorecard before they gave you the plaque with your four scorecards in it. Talk about how things turned around so quickly for you over the last three rounds and what you remember about that tournament. Well, I, I, I hit the first 16 greens in a row, including two par fives, and I was even par. I think I had 37 putts of the day. I mean, I literally couldn't hit the hole from outside a foot and a half. Uh, and then hit a, my first bad shot of the day on 16 or on 17, the par three, and climbing upside a palm tree left of the bunker, and I'm making triple bogey. Went on to bogey 18 and was just mortified. Uh, I, I, two days before we left for the tournament, I bought a uh, King Redwood putter at Edwin Watts in North Palm Beach. Uh, I didn't use it the first day, uh, but it was a putter that looked good to me, and, and so I just bought it. I brought it with me, but I didn't use it the first day. And then uh, I played in the afternoon the first day, so the next on Friday I played in the morning, and I told Brenda we were staying in the condo uh, right there in Nesbrook, uh right off the uh, second tee. I said, okay, when I'm done, have the truck packed, the Jeep, have the dogs ready. The sec- you know, as soon as I get back, we're leaving, we're driving home. You know, I- I'd already basically committed to missing the cut. Uh, so on the putting green the next on Friday morning, I uh, I put this Ping Redwood into play, and I tried something on the putting green. I-, I was just struggling. I was searching for anything. So I barely put my right hand on the putter. Uh, you know, I was using the claw at the time, still am. I uh, started using that in 2001, and I thought to myself, okay, just pull with your left hand. I mean, the claw is basically a left-handed stroke anyway. The right hand is just on it for guidance to keep the putter face square, but it's a left-handed stroke. So I, my whole thought was pull with the left hand. I made a couple of nice putts in the putting green before I teed off. Uh, Pard the first six holes, I think. Uh, you know, so I still needed to a long way to go to make the cut even. I think I buried 16, 18, 1, and 2. And all of a sudden, um, I'm, you know, I'm right right in the cut range. Uh, held on to shoot 67 and make the cut. Uh, and made a couple, I made two 30-footers on 8 and 9. I was choking because I wanted to make the cut. And, uh, you know, sometimes trying to make the cut is harder than, than anything because, you know, you hate missing cuts. Uh, anyway, went out and shot 62 on Saturday and uh, 70 on Sunday and that ended up winning the tournament. Uh, that was one of those incredible, incredible stories, you know. I mean, just goes to show you, even if you don't have a very good first day, you've got three days to make it up. And I wasn't thinking that way after after Thursday, certainly. But, uh, yeah, that was my last DJ Tour win when I was 47. And, uh uh, certainly one of my favorites. Mark, one more before I let you go. And when I look back at your golf swing, and then I look at Scotty Scheffler's golf swing, I see a lot of similarities yeah. between the two. Am, am I imagining that, or do you see it too? Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, his left foot slides back. Greg Norman did the same thing. And I did it. It wasn't by choice. That was just my swing. And, uh, you know, I was thinking the other day, uh, watching Scotty, uh, win last week, 
I uh, watched a lot of the match play, and I'm thinking maybe you ought to try that. Uh, the only problem is, you know, my back isn't good enough, and, and my body's not good enough to, to be that fast anymore. So, you know, obviously you have to have some club head speed to do that because basically what happens is, you know, you take it back and you clear your left side so fast, uh, your right leg kind of slides back or your right foot. Um, now my swing speed's unfortunately slow enough where that doesn't really happen. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, I, I still think about that every now and then that I should, I should try that, uh, or at least, you know, practice, uh, hit balls and, and do that. And what it does is it really helps you clear your left side, straighten your left leg. You know, Scotty hits a beautiful fade out there. And, uh, yeah, I love his playing. And I love his footwork. Uh, you know, I remember Ken Venturi roughed me up, uh, one time about it, uh, back in my heyday. And, uh, you know, he said, you know, that's, that's his swing. It doesn't work for everybody, but that's what he does. Uh, and, and same with Scotty. And certainly now he's the number one player in the world, having an amazing year. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I really like it. I, I think it's super cool. Mark, before I let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing out there and follow you on social media. Well, I'm at, on Twitter, I'm at uh, Mark Calc. And uh, even funnier, and I get most of my funny stuff from my wife, at Brenda Calc. Uh, so give her a follow, everybody. She's, uh, she's the funniest, wittiest person uh, I've ever met. And I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky and blessed to have her as my wife. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not done yet. Uh, I, I still love playing. I still love competing. Uh, I heard Tom say at the end of the uh, last segment that uh, that's what he misses most. You know, he, he missed the guys. You know, you miss, uh, you miss the camaraderie. And uh, all of us are great friends out here on this tour. And, you know, I, all the pro-ams I play in, I've I played with so many guys that have played both in the Champions Tour pro-ams and the PGA Tour pro-ams, and they have so much more fun with us because, you know, we're super personable. Uh, we've, we've been there. We've done that. Uh, most of us have been on the PGA Tour for 20-plus years. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, now it's, 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 the money is just insane. It's, it's such a business-like atmosphere out there on the PGA Tour where the guys have to, have to be dead serious. Uh, we're not like that out here. Um, we, we try as hard as we can. Guys practice all the time. Uh, we don't work out like the young guys do. Uh, maybe I should try that again somewhat, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still plugging away and, uh, still love, uh, love playing golf for a living. I'm, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Well, Mark, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. You're always so much fun to spend time with. I hope I get the privilege of doing it with you again soon. Yes, sir. Chris, anytime, uh, you got me. Just let me know. I appreciate Thanks for having it. me. You bet. Mark, take care. All the best to you and to Brenda, and we look forward to catching up with you again soon. You got it, Chris. Thanks. See you, Mark. That's a great Mark Kalkovecchia. I tell you what, folks. Um, it's just so much fun having Mark as part of this segment. This, the, the stories are fantastic. Uh, he's as genuine as they come and as honest and open, and, and that's all you can ask for from a guest is, uh, to ask you, tell me a story. Tell me about what it was like to win the 89 Open. Tell me what it was like to be in that arena. Tell me, 
you know, what it's like, uh, you know, being a part of the champions tour and, and all of those sorts of things. And to go out and shoot, Oh, by the way, 29 on the back nine, if, if he, if he makes those other two putts and still goes on to make all the rest of the birdies, I don't know that, that they let him back on the grounds. Can you imagine 27 on the back nine at Augusta national? That's unbelievable. I can't imagine what the reaction would have been by the committee to, to see him come in with, with 27 on the scorecard. That's, that's something. But 29 is even fantastic as well. Anyway, Mark's a great guy. His wife, Brenda, they are both great follows on social media. I highly recommend you follow both of them. And I look forward to getting Mark back on the show just as soon as we can. Before I get to my next guest, Rick Fair, I want to remind you about our friends over at Two Under. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections with fun, new, and exciting prints like the Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies. And their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection, where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. The patented Joey Pouch technology delivers maximum comfort, fit, and performance while preventing any unwanted skin-on-skin contact or chafing. Good for anything from the golf course, to the boardroom, to the bedroom. You can find these two underperformance briefs in over 4,000 golf pro shops nationwide. All Shields Sports Stores, all PGA Tour Superstores, Golf Galaxy, Dillard's, and other fine retailers near you. You can also order them online at twounder.com. That's the number two, U-N-D-R.com. Two Under, performance in your pants. Use code NEXT20, that's N-X-T-T-E-E-20, for a 20% discount on the Two Under website. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination? is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. 